You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights. And a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. We are fresh off of Valor 66, the all-pro show at the Joe. Went down this past Saturday night, November the 1st. Great night action, and uh, that's going to be our, our main session tonight. We're going to have a recap and uh, get uh, reactions um, from that, that big Valor 66 card, as well as a, a brief look at uh, UFC happenings and the like. I'm your host, Tim Loy. I am joined by my co-hosts, as always, Justin Watson, Greg Hopkins. Gentlemen, it was uh, we were it, we were a, we were a bare bones crew there for uh, for this all pro event on Friday night. Of course, Justin, nothing changes for him in that regards. But Greg and I uh, had to had to lace up our bootstraps a little bit and uh, and pick up where we were missing <laughs> some guys. We we made it through it though, Greg. I did, but Jeff, yeah, Jeff, Jeff, we found out that Jeff's uh, just very very you know uh, vital to that show. Absolutely, he brings a lot to it that I that I couldn't. So uh, we, we missed him. Hey, it's going to make December all that more easy, though, now after after we, we very, did very much so. Like that. <laughs> so, yeah. before we get to our recap of our uh, of Valor 66, uh, let's get into uh, the the week that was in, on the national scene. Before we uh, get too far, though, we need to give some congratulations where they're due. Our own Shanimal, Shanny Young, um, is victorious with a very dominant decision win on Invicta 38. Went down uh, uh, Friday night, uh, same night as Valor did. Um, and so uh, Eric Turner, after coaching his team there at Valor, uh, ducked into the back and, uh, and cornered Shanna uh, remotely uh, from the green room of the Cotton Eye Joe. And uh, successfully so, she gets a unanimous decision win over the fighter from Finland, Maju Swotama, uh, the Mountain Mama. Uh, Shanna Young moves to seven and two and a very impressive win there. I think we're surely, uh, you know, her record up really nice seven and two right now. Start, starting to see her getting some bigger and bigger opportunities. Uh, Greg, your thoughts. I got to watch uh, that fight in the back and backstage of the Cotton Eye Joe. And uh, man, dude, that was a intense moment to watch it with her whole gym there. But uh uh, yeah, man, the first round kind of scared me on her, but the, she pulled the second and third round off pretty pretty easily, dude. And I, I really enjoyed watching the, uh, the Shanimal fight, and uh, can't wait to see her back in Invicta now. Yeah, no doubt, or or who knows, even a bigger stage uh, potentially. Possibly. You know, uh, that, that's the rumblings anyway. Uh, we had UFC 244, uh, big pay per view event. This was a very uh, highly anticipated card that went down Saturday night, uh, November the second. And uh, headlined by uh, Masvidal versus Diaz. That was for the inaugural baddest motherfucker title uh, the UFC had created for that event. Went down to Madison Square Garden, the Mecca. 12 fights deep on this one. And, um, you know, a pretty star-studded lineup. You know, Hakeem Dawadu gets a split decision over Julio Arce, Lyman Good. Uh, TKO over Chance Ring Counter. Caitlin Chikagian, decision over Jennifer Maya. Dyer's Rosenstruck. With a 29-second uh, knockout over Andre Arlovsky, Edmund Shabazian with a first-round uh, knockout with a head kick over Brad Tavares, Shane Burgos TKO over Makwan Amerikani, uh, Corey Anderson with the upset, kinda uh, with a first-round knockout over Johnny Walker, Kevin Lee with another maybe slight upset. And, you know, I, I know you guys were talking like you know. Uh, it was a big step up for Gregor Gillespie, but uh, Kevin Lee gets it done with a uh, uh, a knockout uh, in the first round. Derek Lewis split decision win over Bogoy Ivanov. Uh, Stephen uh, Wonderboy Thompson unanimous decision over Vicente Luque. Darren Till with a split decision over Kelvin Gastelum, and then uh, it was George Masvidal with the uh, doctor stoppage at the end of in between the third and fourth rounds with a nasty cut over uh, Nate Diaz there. So the baddest motherfucker title goes to uh, Masvidal on a doctor stoppage due to a cut. Ironically, uh, Justin, man, uh, did you get to take this one in? What was your uh, biggest takeaways, uh, overall thoughts on this uh, UFC 244? Did it deliver? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I got to see the whole thing. And 
started out great. You know, the I think the prelims, there was like six knockouts out of the first eight fights. Yeah. Um, and then once we got into the main card, started getting some more decisions. Um, even off, tough as hell, man. I thought Derek Luce was going to get him out of there. Um, huge win for Darren Till. Uh, and then, you know, obviously the main event, that was that was uh, uh, very anticlimactic. Um, I was waiting for the fourth and fifth round just to see see what happened. Um, you know, those are always the, the stronger rounds for Nate. And I don't know, man, he's been he's been cut a lot worse than that before, I feel like. And uh, the one above his eye, you know, it's the same cut that he had from the Pettis fight. Um, didn't look any worse to me than, than it did in the Pettis fight. And he seemed fine. So uh, that was kind of shitty. But maybe we'll get to see that one run back at some point. But it was a hell of a show, though. Greg, uh, your thoughts, uh, UFC 244, uh, did it deliver? Uh, well, our friend and commentator on Flow Back, the, you know, the head commentator, Vince Ferrara, he hooked me up with some tickets to the Tennessee game, man, and I went to that game, and when, I, when he was hooking me up with them, I didn't realize the game started at 7 o'clock, so I left there in halftime to catch what I could, got lost in Knoxville with my drunk girlfriend, and she couldn't direct me to the right way to the car, so we walked around Knoxville for about three hours, and I got back to Ringola, Georgia, to watch uh, the last couple of fights, man. But I saw a lot of the highlights, and uh, I'll tell you right now, Corey Anderson really fucked up my DK lineup, dude. He fucked me up from winning. They didn't have the $300,000 that won this time. They only had, like, a $40,000 on, on DraftKings. So, like, I had I had everybody I had won except for Johnny Walker. Everybody won. Everybody got a knockout. I had I faded our lot, just like we talked about last week on the podcast. We talked about Monster Ball being too big for Diaz, like an actual real 170-pounder. We talked about uh, how Kyle Lee could upset uh, uh, Gillespie. We Darren Till as Payton well. Arlovsky. Yeah, we spoke about Darren Till, and we said, I told you on the podcast, I probably wasn't going to touch that, but I did take him in the uh, in the DraftKings, he, uh, and uh, he scored a lot of points, man. He got a lot of shots in. Like, I, 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 if, we, if people want to listen back to the podcast that we talked about last week, and they do what we said, and, you know, like, you know, People will win on DraftKings. We did good last week. We we made a lot of predictions that came through. Yeah, no doubt, man. There was uh, yeah, with the I, Johnny Walker. I was fortunate enough to dodge that bullet. I I he was one that worried me as I was looking at my lineup throughout the night, and I got off to a good start, and I was like, yeah, I'm, this Johnny Walker thing might might get me here in the end, and um, luckily he uh-huh. lost. But then I but then I was on Gregor Gillespie heavy. And uh, and that ended up killing me anyway. So you know it was uh, you know the 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 path was there though, man. You could bought low on Darren Till and Kevin Lee, and then bought up you know on uh, Shabazian, Rosenstruck, those guys, and gotten uh, gotten some some big points for sure. They got uh, yeah, they scored over 110 a piece. Both of them did. Mm-hmm. Both so that was uh, that was UFC 244. Uh, your thoughts on the main event before we uh, break off of this one here, Greg? Um, you know, is this something that that we're going to see? They're going to run it back, or does anybody? You know, is that a big deal? I don't think that they they need to run it back because uh, I mean, like I mean, I'm I, I it was exciting, it was cool for a one time gig and deal, but like the belt has no significance in anything. And to me personally, I mean, I know I cuss, but I don't really like hearing bad motherfucker come out of Joe Rogan's mouth so many times in one in one show like on a UFC event I just I don't know like it's cool it's funny I can't believe they did it but I just think it's like a little bit unprofessional to be honest that's my opinion Justin may have a different take and I'd like to hear it if so but uh, uh, that's my opinion on it uh, but as far as like uh, you know biggest winner of the night of course would be uh, I'd really like to say it's uh, is Moss of all but I'm going to have to go with, uh, with Kyle Lee on that one, and I'm going to have to split that with Corey Anderson. The biggest loser tonight was going to have to go to, uh, I guess, that female Maya fighter that, uh, that, that did when I guess her. Uh, Justin. I didn't know Kyle Lee got signed to the UFC. Yeah, Kevin Lee did. I'm Kyle sorry. Lee I'm just... Kevin Lee. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Kevin Lee. Sorry, sorry, Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, man. Jorge dominated the fight. You know, it, wasn't, it really wasn't close. He was, he was beating the shit out of, out of Nate the whole time. But um, I just I don't know I, I love Nate so I I hate to see him go out like that you know if I want if he's gonna go out I want him to to see him go out for real um, I didn't really hear him saying bad motherfucker it seemed, it seemed like they just kept saying BMF they may have said it a few times but I didn't really catch it uh, um, but Joe I just Rogan thought it was cool is the only one 
Yeah. Did he? Joe Rogan's the only one that said it. Yeah, he said it a few times. I just, I don't know. I just didn't like it really. Even though yeah. I say it, I mean, you're watching fights. Get over it. But sorry, my my, yeah. my, my pick. <coughs> I was I, curious I, if Buffer would. He did. Yeah. No. I thought it was cool just just the <laughs> fact that you know they shoved it in in Kamar Usman and Kobe Covington's face. I mean, this was probably the highest buy rate that they're going to get this year, and the next event is you got three title fights on it. And so even though this belt doesn't mean anything, it holds no value. Um, you know, it's probably going to be the best the best show they do all year. And you know, it kind of just shows you the difference between being a, a just a, a champion and, and making yourself a star uh, in the UFC. And I think both guys may have gotten underpaid a little bit for it, but uh, hopefully they're, they got some pay-per-view points to make up for it. I, I saw somewhere that they made like three fifty dollars a piece, um, which, you know, it's not bad, but then you, know, you have Canelo making $35 million. So it's just, it's uh, kind of an embarrassment for, for the sport, I feel like. You know, I mean, I, I can guarantee you that, that UFC, uh, you know, UFC 244 had more buys on pay-per-view than, than Canelo – uh, Kovalov did so. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully that I'd like to see that get fixed in the future. But um, you know, I think both guys their their stardom just rises. Masvidal, I mean, it's 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 huge for him. He's he's at the top of the world right now. He's you know going to be up for the running for Fighter of the Year 2019. Of course. Well, you, hey, Justin. What's that? Go ahead. Well, Go ahead I, I was going to throw something in. I was just going to throw a point in there real quick. Uh, while, before Justin got done, like. One thing that I didn't like, and I, and I, and I want to harp on this as much, uh, like I hated that whole card. That was a great card, but it did get overshadowed by that, like you know, that that cut. And they everybody told me how shitty the card was because of that. That was a great fight, and it just got ended by somebody who doesn't fight or has really doesn't nothing to do. He's just a doctor, you know. And uh, that 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 like, but the reason I bring it up is because it's really kind of goes back to our Valor shows too, and we can touch on that later, which we will. But like the last two fight, the last two shows we've had have gotten up. Uh, kind of overshadowed by the main event, you know, like the, the, the Knox or the last Joe one. And then the last, uh, you know, David Robbins and Charlie Alexander, but we'll get back to that later. But I hate that this fight and this whole card got overshadowed by the, the cut, you know what I mean? Cause a lot of people are talking about that more than anything. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that when it happened, actually, you know, the, the same thing happened at, at Valley the last two times that the fights got overshadowed by something that wasn't in control of the fighters and didn't, wasn't really part of the fight itself. You know, um, it was a hell of a fight. The cut, I mean, it's New York. That's just the only thing I kept saying was, you know, they're still young in this and um, they're still trying to, you know, keep their hands clean and, and be on the up and up on things. If they would have been in Vegas, there's no way in hell that fight would have gotten stopped. Nope. That will uh, wrap up our UFC 244 coverage. And uh, this week, a little bit lighter in action. We've got one card uh, the UFC is, is doing uh, – the UFC on ESPN Plus number 21. That starts at 11 a.m. for us uh, Saturday. And uh, it's going down in Moscow. Uh, 13 bouts on the card. I'm not going to run down all of them just uh, of because, of, of, honestly, I just don't feel like butchering these names just repeatedly on some on some fights that are not going to uh, really pop off so much for us. Uh, you know, some names of note if you will, uh, on the undercard. It looks like uh, looks like Panny Kinzad's on the undercard against Jesse Rose Clark. Um, on that's pretty much it. On the I mean, on the undercard, there's a lot of Russians. There are a lot of badass Russians. You know, it's gonna be. I'm sure it's gonna be great. You know, I'm sure the fights are gonna be good. But honestly, don't think that we've got enough to add uh, to these fights to be of, of any real note here. On the main card, uh, Shamil Gaz, uh, Gamzatov against Clinton Abreu, uh, uh, Tony Martin, uh, Anthony Rocco Martin. It's interesting. They've sent him over there. Takes on Ramazan Imiev, who I think is a really good wrestler. Ed Herman, Ed Shortfuse Herman against Kadis Abrigamov. Uh, Danny Roberts takes on Zalim Imadev. Uh, Co-main event is Greg Hardy on a quick turnaround. Now, this is a pretty good step up. Greg Hardy takes on Alexander Volkov here. Then the main event, this one uh, is interesting. Zabit Magomed Sharapov. 17-1 will take on Calvin Cater, who uh, consistently overperforms, if you will. He's a guy that, like, a lot of them just like, nah, he's not going to win this fight. And then he goes up there and wins or at least puts on a 
really, really entertaining fight while he's at it. So uh, top two fights for me is really all I care to see. You know, I believe I can absolutely miss every bit of this. If I come in and watch the last two fights, I will be content. Uh, Justin. I think for, for a, you know, a, a small overseas card, it's got a lot of talent on it. You know, uh, Hobby Love's on there. Um, you know, the Rocco Martin and uh, Emev fight is uh, going to be a tough one for Rocco. Um, you got Ed Herman, like you said, um, in a massive step up for Greg Hardy. You know, Alexander Volkov's got 37 pro MMA fights, um, and this will be Greg Hardy's seventh pro MMA fight. Um, so, well, I guess it'll be his eighth, I think. Yeah, I think it'll be his eighth pro fight, but uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. I, I think Greg Hardy's in for a rude awakening. Um, and then the main event, it'll be a real test for for Zabit, you know, this would be one of the bigger tests that he's had. Calvin Cater, like you said, he's always outperforming um, everybody's expectations, and he's young and hungry, and uh, the guys that Zabit's kind of made a name off of so far just haven't been, you know, been on that level. Um, so, yeah, I think that it's uh, going to be a good test for him. Greg, your thoughts? Okay, let me look at this card back up. I just pulled up into the... I, like you were saying about Rocco, I may want to fade him in this fight because you know he's won he won a few fights in a row there, and then he kind of stepped up to competition. He lost his last fight, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not looking at his record, but I think he lost his last fight, and he he's going there. And he's a good wrestler himself, but he's going to be tough on one of those Russian wrestlers. So I got to fade Rocco in this fight. I don't know if I'm going to pick against him on DraftKings. I still think he might score some points. And I mean, he's he's capable of winning as well, regardless of who he ever, whoever he's fighting. He's such a degenerate; you can't you can't count him out. You know, he's like the uh, the biggest underdog ever, and he can come back and win something big. Uh, Last time he lost to Damian Maya. Okay, so yeah, big. Okay, well, fair enough. You know, that's a, that's 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 nothing to hang your head about. Uh, so I don't know; he's possibly winning. I don't know. I'll see where he's at on DK. What his price is. Um, as far as the the prelims go, I don't see anything that sticks out. Um. Uh. No. And then we're gonna go to the main card. Uh. I like the beat. I like to see him in Qatar. That's a, is it Qatar? Is it Qatar? I think it's Cater. Is it Cater? I thought it was Qatar. I think, okay. I well, think anyways, it's Calvin uh, Cater. Calvin Cater. Well, and and then I don't. I I don't know, man. Just like Justin, I'm kind of on the Justin wagon. Like ever since like Justin's been hating on Greg Hardy so bad, I've kind of just been like, yeah, fuck Greg Hardy. Shouldn't <laughs> have took my name, fucking bastard. So like that's kind of how I feel about him, and I kind of want to fade him here because, like you said, this is a six pro fight. And uh, now the Volkov is deep. Who did he just fight? He fought Lewis. Was that who? Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. That was the. Was I was gonna. I was my. That was gonna be my next point. Was that like the last time Volkov fought was Derek Lewis, which was a fight that he was winning, winning, winning. He Derek then, up. And yeah. oh, he was tooling him up bad, but then he gassed out in the third round, and Derek knocked him out. And is that something that <laughs> you know? Is Derek Lewis and Greg Hardy that far apart as far as like stylistically? You know? Yeah, I don't think. I don't, I don't know. Think I think that Greg Hardy can do that. I don't think, I don't think so. Greg Hardy's like, got that one-punch power. Yeah, he may not. I, really? No, I don't think so. Really? Uh, he's a big guy, though, man. He's uh, hit. Uh, but, I mean, Volkov, like we're talking about, he's got that. He's been in the game for a while. He's got 37 fights, and he should be 31-6 and six if he wouldn't have got caught by that one. <laughs> that one goddamn just haymaker from Lewis just cracking him. Right there in the last seconds of the fight. That's when he had that crazy-ass, unforgettable uh, speech when he took his shorts off in the ring and talking about his balls being hot. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as – yeah, I'm going to have to fade Greg Hardy here, even though he might be that damn same one that gets the you – know, Corey Anderson this week. Uh, anybody else, man, I really don't have any kind of – that's it. No, yeah. the, the main event is shots me, but other than that, no. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's very top-heavy. It's one that I'm, you know – I'm not going to – I'll put in my lineups and whatnot, but I don't think that I can just, like, get on in front of the TV at 11 a.m. and just spend my whole afternoon with it, you know. That's, but that's when we win, though. We don't know shit about oh, it. Oh, I know. We just throw we, – we end up winning, like, $75 and, like, 12 points away from winning that 300000 or whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, man. So that is uh, what we've got coming up this week. Uh, and with that, let's get on into our, our main portion of the program. That is uh, that is the recap and reactions portion 
of uh, Valor 66. It was an all-pro event. Went down uh, Friday, November the 1st at the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. It was our 10th event. Uh, we've done it at the Joe now, and, and that was kind of like our one-year anniversary there. So it was kind of cool. I, I had to announce it. I didn't like that at all. Uh, so I'll be very happy to have Jeff Hobbs back behind the mic uh, in December. Uh, but we got through it, you know. Uh, we had we didn't have Vince either uh, on commentary, so it was just Justin and Greg. And so all around, we were we were kind of uh, trying to just kind of hold it together. <laughs> but uh, I think we I think we managed to stumble through it. Had nine big fights to go through. Before we get into the recap, Justin, catch us up on where we stood going into this event. So on coming in. Camp. This is for our picks panel, by the way. I didn't even, I guess, preface that was saying uh, for our for our monthly picks panel or uh, every uh, every quarter we have a picks panel contest. Of course, Jeff Hobbs, who was uh, conspicuous by his absence at this last show, of course, still had his picks. Billy Swanson, Big Sexy, also, and Greg Hopkins. Those are our our panelists. And so, going into uh, this event, Justin. Yeah. So coming in off of uh, week one, we had uh, Hobbs in last place, going seven and eight. Billy at ten and five, and Greg at twelve and three. So Greg was Greg's our leader on on was was the leader of week one. Yeah, and then as we get into this, well, I, from what I recall, there wasn't a lot of places to make up ground on this one because so many of the picks were uh, unanimous. Yeah, well, Hobbs just followed yeah, Greg like- all night. But there's only nine fights too, so there's yeah. a whole lot of room. For well, you know, the good news is uh, December the 13th amateur card, which we uh, are about to start dropping fights for uh, here. I guess by next by this time next week, uh, we should be able to go ahead and start announcing a lot of fights for this card. And there's a lot of freaking fights. I mean, it's an all amateur amateur card to end the year, kind of get the amateurs a, a chance to to get one more in before uh, before the holidays. And uh, yeah, we're looking at like 18 fights. <laughs> so there's going to be lots of room to make up ground here, especially when you're looking at so many of these just unknown amateurs that have never fought you know and and so uh, it'll still I, I still think it'll be anybody's anybody's game so let's see here let's get into it uh first fight of the night it was a catchweight bout 140 pounds it was Majin durham uh coming in from chattanooga uh looking for his first pro win he's 0-1 coming in he'd lost to keith olsen in his debut uh taking on uh, james adcock who's five and three from kmaa on uh on a winning streak too was uh, mr adcock and he continued that with a first round tko victory uh props to Magini, hung tough in there for a good while and defended himself well but just uh just couldn't get adcock off of his back who who just laid in with some you know not not only his back with you know mount and his dominant positions uh laid into him with some really really heavy elbows and uh eventually chris bond uh called it off um i'm not exactly sure how late into the first round it was pretty late though uh, pretty late into the first round, um, I would say less than 30 seconds left uh, before the end of the first round. So uh, congratulations to James Adcock. He improves to six and three. And uh, like I said, on a pretty good uh, win streak is Mr. Adcock. Uh, a better showing still for Majin Durham there, actually, uh, as he, like I said, he defended, had a pretty good accounting of himself um, in, in a weight class that's much better suited for him uh, over fighting a 150 like he did last time. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? I like Majin Durham. Uh, he needs to start branching out around Chattanooga because Billy touched on a, a key key fact that, you know, I'm from Chattanooga area. and We have a pretty tough pool of competitors down here. And if he wants to take this this any more serious than as he, as he, as he is already, being a professional fighter, he needs to come and get around the block. But uh, Adcock moving to, he said, six and three now? Uh, six and three, yeah. More, man. A lot of yeah, a lot of people are going to want some of that action on a six and three uh, Adcock man. So, uh, yeah, uh, he needs to. Uh, I, I mean, I like watching James Adcock. I just, I just, uh, I'm ready to see him uh, take that step. Up. And I'm not saying that Charlie uh, Durham was a, was a, not a step up in competition because he was. He's a big 140 pounder. Like, he, I guess he can make 135 too. I don't know, sure. but he was a big uh-huh. guy for that size. So, uh, but uh, but James, you know, James coming in and. Uh, I didn't really. I wasn't really sure on that fight. I thought that was a hard one to pick, but uh, but yeah, Charlie's got to got to step his game up in his in his ground department. He's mean enough and he's strong enough, but he's got to get the technique down. He's got to start 
got to start floating around the gyms and, and finding finding out new new ways to ways to get in there. So, uh, but uh, yeah, good job, James. Man, uh, proud of you, brother. All right, and in uh, uh, Justin, you were uh, of course judging. Didn't have to uh, use your uh, judging uh, uh, aspect for this one, but uh, you took it in. You've seen uh, Adcock around for several years now. Yeah, man, he's come a long ways. You know, uh, started out three and three, what a year ago or something, and um, ratted off three in a row. So, uh, you know, more power to him, man. He's 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 got got a you know, put the work in and, and gotten gotten his due out of it. You know, a fight that I think would be an interesting one to see, uh, you know, kind of moving forward off this one would be like a, uh, a Tyler Edwards uh, versus James Adcock or versus Majin Durham, either one, because, you know, record wise, it lines up real nice with uh, Majin. And I think he would he would strike uh, where, you know, Majin just has shown a weakness on the ground, it seems. Yeah, they're both 0 2. That'd be a good match to make right there. Somebody will get the good one. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so uh, the picks uh, were unanimous, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, there, Justin. Yeah, yeah, it was a clean sweep for Adcock. All right. So that brings us to our second bout of the evening. It was a catch weight of 180 pounds. We had our first international fighter, the Greek warrior. Uh, Tom Theocaris coming all the way from London, Ontario, Canada, representing Adrenaline uh, Training Center. And he came in uh, with an even record of three and three. He's taking on Billy Two-Tone Combs, who also had six pro fights, was looking for that first pro win, though. And it wasn't going to happen on this night. Uh, they came out. They engaged briefly. Uh, Tom threw a glancing uh, head kick. It didn't catch Billy flush. He was just kind of grazing, but it was enough to knock Billy off of off his off his balance. And uh, but then Tom uh, followed it up with some really heavy ground and pound. And that was all she wrote for Billy Combs uh, in 16 short seconds. Tom Theocaris victorious moves to four and three. Uh, pleasure to work with. Uh, Tom was very professional and, uh, you know, really enjoyed his time down here and has uh, made it known that he wants to get another uh, few fights in down here now that he's licensed here in Tennessee and jump through the hoops to do such. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of him. Uh, you know, Billy uh, drops to 0-7 and, 7 and uh, man, I really am not sure uh, what, the, what the next step will be uh, for Mr. Combs, uh, Greg, your thoughts. I I saw the kick from a different angle, uh, and it looked like you said it looked like it may have just grazed him. But I think that Billy was trying to lean back in the process when he saw it coming. Actually, I don't know if he saw it coming, but uh, Theo Karras threw some hard kicks. Like he threw that kick really hard, so that just the graze off of it might have knocked Billy maybe like cold right there for a second on the ground. And then he just teed off on top. And uh, <clears throat> I think personally in competition, that's one of the top guys that Billy has fought. And uh, I think that uh, I think that Theo Karras has uh, proved himself and he's ready for stiffer competition. And, uh, he, I mean, he's proved himself and I think he's ready for a big step up in, in, in a competition. Uh, who is he? Who has he got up next? Who does he want? Who has he got? You know it'll be interesting to see. I know that I know that he wants to come back and be here uh, towards the beginning of the year. Uh, you know there there's been talk obviously of uh, a few different people. Uh, you know now that he's kind of gotten his uh, you know gotten his face out down here. I think there's a lot of fights that are that are really exciting for him down here. You know there's no secret we've talked about him fighting you, Greg. Of course that would be one that would yeah. be really interesting. Uh, you got to see him up close. He's a he's a he's an imposing guy. When you know this fight was. 180 uh granted so i guess he would lose a bit of that bulk going to 170 where he typically competes but you know he's a good size rangy dude it'll be interesting to see what his wrestling is like uh you know um if, if that would hold up down here uh you know or if he's just too long and and tall to be taken down i think another fight that's really interesting would be him and jason king because they're, they're sized up so so closely yeah, they, I, he's a very good size, good size kid. When I was standing, when I was doing an interview with him, I, you know, of course you size him up and look at him. He was a big boy, and uh, but completely professional, super nice, excited to be there, dude. He like he had a you know great thing to say about the state of Tennessee, man. You know, and I just it was nice just having some international exposure and somebody from out of the state coming in, doing their thing. Well, showing them a good time and them having a good time. Like I, I enjoyed all of it, and. Uh, you know, I mean, vice versa, even if I ever do fight the guy, I mean, I'm a fan of him regardless. Like, he uh, he was impressive. So, uh, you know, hats off to him. And uh, 
Real impressive victory. Now it's a little how-out real knockout over Billy Combs right there. Yeah, you know, another one that might be interesting is just seeing how he did against a guy that you fought already, uh, it, you know. Uh, it, Nick Jewell. It, Nick Jewell, just because, you know, I think he might be a little better equipped to stand with him uh, than Billy Combs was. I believe, I believe that would be a good matchup with him. I, I would like to watch that one. Justin, your thoughts on our inter- first international fighter here from Canada? He looked good, man. You know, the head kick, like you said, it, it looked like it was kind of grazing, but the shots that he landed once Billy went down were were solid as could be. Billy was out like a light. Um, yeah, I look forward to having him back. Like you guys said, he was just super nice, super charismatic, and, um, you know, he looks the part. We'll just we'll see if, uh, if they wrestle in Canada. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, tell me, uh, were we uh, unanimous on that? Yeah, another clean sweep on that one. All right, so nothing changes. We move on to our next bout, bout number three. It was uh, our first female bout of the evening, one and one, Shauna Bam Bam Ormsby, uh, all the way down from Longwood, Florida, Team Carlson Gracie Longwood. Uh, we'd seen her as an amateur before. Always a pleasure hosting her and her her team. They are also very professional and very good to work with, just, you know, a, a professional group. Uh, taking on uh, KMAA's Emily Getty, uh, I'm sorry, Emily King, uh, the Valkyrie. And she came in with a record of two and three. And on this night, she was able to even that record up. She gets to 500. Now she is three and three after unanimous decision, uh, a unanimous decision victory, if you will, over Shauna Ormsby. Uh, just too big was Emily. She was able to get the takedowns, able to be on top, able to land some uh, decent ground and pound. And uh, Shauna would, would try to threaten with submissions as she could. But uh, Emily just, uh, you know, too, too good of control on top. Uh, listened to her corner, and uh, they were able to uh, to kind of cruise to a decision victory there uh, to even up her record. And uh, that fight was at 110. Shauna normally a, a 105, and Emily normally 115. So props to Emily for getting down to 110. It would be very interesting to see if she could make 105 because she would be one of the largest 105s um, I've seen. Uh, Shauna, of course, will uh, hopefully we'll have back at the beginning of the year. I'd like to see her and maybe Carmen – uh, Carmen uh, Carbajal at 105, where Shauna is, you know, more comfortable. They would be very uh, close, closely sized in, in, in a really good fight. Uh, very entertaining fight, though, from both sides. Uh, Justin, you were on the. Uh, uh, they they called for your duties on this one. Yeah, man, Emily was pretty dominant. You know, like we talked about Ormsby usually fighting. You know, her losses are, are against you know bigger girls having to fight up and wait and. Emily was was the much much larger fighter, uh, pretty much controlled the whole fight. Ormsby threw up a and it's somewhat of an inverted triangle at one point, and just kind of held on to it for as long as she could could to just just stop the damage, I think. And uh, but it was never really close to being finished. Emily stayed in position the whole time and uh, kept herself safe and finally got out and continued to impose her will. Um, I'm I'm with you. If Carmen decides she wants to take a fight, that'd be a good one to to line up with her and Ormsby. Right. Uh, yeah, Emily proved me wrong. Like I said last week, uh, I hope she did, and she ended up like vastly like bad because uh, she she uh, Ormsby she got her on the ground, and I mean absolutely implied her will. It had enough time while she was holding her down and mount to look over at her corner to find out what she needed to do in between shots. <laughs> you know, she just basically controlled her like the whole time. It was a uh, it was a one-sided victory, but like you said about <clears throat> about Shauna and her team, man, they were super, super like disciplined. And I think, and that was the reason we would we talked about that in the cage about the uh, you know talking about you know PTSD like uh, and and with the military because their whole I think their whole crew basically are like all veterans and stuff. So like they were super you know super all about this and they were like asking where was the flag at during the and i was like it's right there it's rolled up i was like i'll make sure to bring one next time and they were you know they had talked to me and they but they were super cool like you said they were super professional and they were just so fun to work with so i'm excited to see her back in the fight with carmen with her i think would be a much better fight because both of the girls are the same size and carmen being the uh wrestler uh i would like to see that right there i really would that would be an exciting fight of exciting fight to watch right there yeah, to go, I agree. to go back to what Greg said, I was next to uh, King's Corner there, and uh, Eric said she was in a high mountain. Eric said, you got an Oma Plata or a Go-Go Plata, either one right there. And she looked up, and she said, uh, I don't see it, and just kept 
punch her in the face and like just, just completely stopped the action for a minute and looked at Derek, heard what he said and she's like i don't see it and just kept hitting her that was pretty pretty funny uh, on that one hobbs and greg went for uh, ormsby dropping one and billy got king on that one all right so billy makes up uh, a wee bit of ground there bringing us to our next bout number four it was another ladies bout and this one uh, featherweight action 145 pounds. It was Jamie O.J. Driver coming in with a record of 1-4, taking on Morgan Hickam, uh, who was 0-1 coming in. And uh, this one was fun. This was back and forth, a really good battle. Uh, both ladies bringing it, but Jamie Driver able to catch uh, Hickam on the button, drops her uh, with her back along the cage uh, about four and a half minutes in, finishes it up with ground and pound uh, to get her second victory. Moved to 2-4. and four. That's a very deceptive 2-4, and four, folks, as she has made the move down to American top team down in florida for her training now uh, she had king mo with her uh you know uh, motivating her and coaching her on in the corner and you know jamie is uh she's a fun one she's one that uh that uh, is is also just a we had so many fighters from all over that came in for this one and they were all just great it's it's one that just comes to like you know working with them and them being professional and getting their shit on on time and medical wise and being where they needed to be on time. So thank you to all you guys. And Jamie is no different. Always a pleasure to host her. Uh, Morgan Hickam, uh, keep your head up. Good performance still from Morgan. She had some really good moments in that fight. Uh, still, uh, she drops to 0-2. And we'll be looking to uh, to bounce back, I'm sure, soon. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? And Morgan Hickam and Jamie Driver. That was a good fight up until... Up until uh... OJ started just putting them hands, and when she caught Morgan off balance against the cage, when Morgan kind of, you could tell where she lost her balance, and I think Jamie caught her with a straight left and then that right hook, and then she just started teeing off. But up until that time, like, it was a back-and-forth battle, and I wouldn't know who's going to win, but Jamie Driver is a strong, strong, strong girl. Uh, and like you were talking about a deceptive record at two and four, that's very – that's a very deceptive record, and now that she's like over there working hard at American Top Team, she's—I mean, I expect to see her get more victories like that. Like that, you know, that was a that was a good a good finish there for her. And uh, uh, I think that uh, Morgan Hickam being zero and two is very deceptive because she was five and zero with Miami, right? And then yeah, absolutely coming straight into her pro career and suffering two losses and having an upside down record that uh, that, that sucks really bad for her, but. Then again, a lot of people are going to see her at 0-2 and want a piece of that 0-2 girl, and they're going to find out real quick that she's uh, she's not an 0-2 fighter. It's just uh, she ran into a couple of mooses to say. I mean, because Olivia Parker, you know, beat OJ, but she was still you know struggling and had trouble with her as far as like the strength and and like the to te- technique went. Like that was a uh, <clears throat> they were like a little evenly matched, but Parker uh, took over, but. Uh, I enjoyed the fight. I can't wait to see where both of these girls branch next. I don't know what you got up your sleeve for uh, Hickam, but I'd like to see her get a win. And uh, I'd like to see Jamie Driver get another win, but I'd like to see who their opponents are going to be as well. Yeah, you know, I think a fight that uh, that makes a lot of sense uh, moving forward is Jamie uh, potentially with Shamir. You know, uh, that that's a fight that, uh, you know, I think would be a lot of fun because both those girls come forward and, and are brawlers for them. For the, not to say they don't have skill and technique, but, you know, they like to throw down. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on OJ? She looked good, man. She came out tough, um, you know, had a little bit of adversity. You know, um, Hickam was a little almost a little more controlling on the on the cage. Uh, seemed like she might have had. A little more uh, strength, but you know, the once the boxing came into play and, and driver caught her a couple of times, uh, that was that was all she wrote. Uh, looked a lot like King Mo. And uh, where do we go on our picks for this one? I think where we split again, weren't we? Yeah, Hobbs and Greg went up on this one, and uh, they picked driver, and Billy went down with Hickam, so flip flopped on that one. So essentially, we're right back where we started. Yep. Yeah, flippity flop. Yeah. All right, about number five, the midway point of this card. It was a lightweight battle set for 155 pounds. It was the debuting 
Logan Neal from Agogi Combatives in Chattanooga. He's making his pro debut off a hot amateur uh, finish, if you will. He had four straight wins as an amateur, so he was coming into this with momentum. Also coming into this with momentum was the Ninja Turtle, Paul Teague, his opponent, who was 1-0 coming in as a pro. Uh, this one was, uh, man, it was, <laughs> it was like a battle, really, because, like, Logan – you know, Logan looked great and got the submission there in the first round about four minutes in. But, like, he had Paul in trouble, like, a lot. And Paul just wasn't going to, to go away easy. You saw it was so many times where Paul was, like, you know, grimacing. And it was so close. He was about to, you know, make, you thought he was going to submit. But, no, uh, he, he gutted through it. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, he really just had that. Uh, he really didn't want to lose, you know. He wasn't going to let that O be taken away from him easily. Uh, so props to both guys. That was an entertaining four minutes. And congratulations to Logan Neal, who moves to one and O now in his professional career. Paul goes to one and one. And there are so many interesting matchups out there for both of these guys in a very loaded 155 division. Uh, Justin, yeah, man. Uh, Paul Teague impressed me with his durability in that one. You know, Logan Logan had a deep triangle in for a while, and, and Paul was hitting him with some decent elbows and hammer fists from from the top. Um, just just wouldn't go out. Uh, ultimately, Neil got the finish. Um, but you know, great win for him. Um, I'm, I'm liking Paul Teague more, more and more every time, though. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, every time I think of the. Uh, Paul Teague and Logan Neal fight. I just think about Logan slapping that triangle on him after the wiry Paul Teague is just, I mean, pulled every fucking trick out of the book just to try. Like, yeah. I mean, he was. Like, I mean, you could tell in his eyes, like, that was the, the fire. He he wanted that win. And he was so respectful of his opponent, too. But when that bell rang, he didn't give up fucking shit he, yeah. went, he went after Logan and he was, <laughs> I'm talking like he really wanted that he was trying to take Logan's head off and whenever Logan did slap and this is where every time I vision you know when you go back you see what you saw I see Logan have him in that triangle and I just see it slapped on so tight and like 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 Tim was saying like when just when you thought all like hope was gone and Paul he rises up and just starts hammer fisting Logan Neal in the fucking face. And I'm talking <laughs> hard and Logan. Like and hard. Like he's just fucking I like 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 hammer like to a yeah. cry. Cry over and over. And I was just like, holy shit. I was like, is Logan gonna hit him back? And after like four or five shots, Logan finally says, Oh shit, and like starts hammering them elbows and, and punching him and elbowing him. And I was just like, Okay, there's the Logan Neal we haven't gotten to see yet. I guess he got a little pissed off. Because, uh, 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 you know, when he his hammer fists were hard. And then Logan's head was, like, flat on the mat, too. So it wasn't like he was, like, had any leeway and give in the in the shot. So, but uh, when Logan pulled that victory off, he was very happy. And uh, uh, go ahead and go on uh, on public public apologies right here to Logan Neal for mispronouncing his name on his victory. Uh, but I apologize for that. And the, Logan will hear this. I'm sorry, Logan, but uh, congratulations. Good job. You defeated an undefeated fighter. And uh, like you guys said, uh, I was impressed by uh, by uh, Paul Teague in that fight. Like it just, and like you said, talking about like the durability of Logan taking shots, the durability of uh, Paul Teague, you know, just the fire. I, like who we got him matched up? Who's he like? like? I mean, is there a lot of people wanting some Paul Teague? I'm I know sure there is. Paul, the Paul's, Paul's, asking for, Paul's asking for a Roy Sanders showdown, which would be really interesting. Would be. Yes, it would. Yeah, I like that. You know, that's two guys that are not, you know, your natural, uh, you know, buffed up uh, guys, you know, but they're both, uh, you know, uh, technical and, and uh, what's the word? Savvy, we'll say. Exactly. I'd like to watch that one. That'd be a good one. All right. Let's, uh, well, we're, we're, that was unanimous on that one, Justin? Yeah, another clean sweep on that one. All right. Moving on to number six, it was uh, a uh, welterweight contest, but both guys come in well under the welterweight limit. It was Trucon Carson taking on Arthur Cisse, Trucon representing Jim O in Gastonia, North Carolina. He came in at 1-0. Arthur Cisse representing KMAA, he came in at 2-1. and 
And uh, this one went to a decision. It was unanimous for uh, Trucon Carson. And um, I believe it was uh, two rounds to one for the most part. Uh, I think one judge might have had a three to nothing. But uh, not exactly the way that most people would envision this fight going. Not saying that no one thought Trucon would win. But looking at his record, he, he was very uh, flush with, with finishes and a lot of knockouts. Uh, he, he used a lot of top control. Uh, on this one against the noted grappler and Arthur Cisse. So, you know, if you told me that this fight was going to a decision with one guy having top control most of the time, I would have bet a lot that it, we were talking about Arthur Cisse. But that was not the case here. It was uh, Trucon Carson uh, with the control and the unanimous decision win to move the 2 and 0. Oh. Uh, Justin. That was a hell of a fight, man. Um, Trucon was pretty dominant the whole time, but Cisse wasn't going anywhere. You know, kind of like you said. You would think that, that Cisse would have controlled the grappling, but uh, I told you guys, Jim O's, they've got some killers out there. Can't can't look over them. Um, it was a big win for Trucon. Towards the end of the fight, you know, Cisse was kind of talking shit to Trucon, saying, you know, this ain't shit. You ain't got nothing. Trucon was talking back to him, saying, I'm about to whoop that ass. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was a fun fight to watch, man. Both guys were going after it, and, uh, you know, both super fun guys to watch. Just endless gas tanks. Um that's the kind of fight you like to see. You know, those heavy grappling fights are, are exhausting. Um, and, and you know, neither one of them were, were given an inch. Greg? Yeah, I was, uh, for not ever getting to see Truk on fight, that was actually uh, impressive. The way he was able to control Cissé on the ground and able to get some of that ground and pound in there like that. I wasn't expecting that because uh, we've seen Cissé finish a few guys on the ground, and uh, I wasn't expecting to see the same thing. I mean, Trucon was very weary of the ground game, and but once he got settled in, he's just firing off. And like you said, it was a pretty dominant performance. But uh, <clears throat> exciting to say the least. And if I, I mean, I'm not just saying nothing bad. I just, you know, I don't know if you see the same winner if he ran that same fight back again uh, with a little more experience. I'm not, you know, not neither way. I, I'm not mad because I know I picked Cissé in that fight because. Uh, I mean, I was very impressed with Drew and I want to see who we have lined up because we were talking about how deep the pool is at 155 uh, as of recent, not just uh, in professional, but like, you know, 135, 145, 155 is just like stacked loaded with fighters right now. And it's hard to get all these guys matched up because uh, like you said, you said we had like an 18, 19 fight to December. I mean, half of them probably are around that area. So, uh, but with that being said, uh, was an impressive victory from Trucon, and um, can't wait to see him come back. He's from where was he from? Alabama, Gastonia, North Carolina. North Carolina. You said O oh, team O. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So was a, that one was uh, all three judges or all three panelists. I'm sorry, went for Cisse on that one. So everybody getting it wrong. Have to get uh, Trucon in for an interview. Yeah, yeah, well, that means we owe Trucon an interview, and he's an interesting one too. From what from what I could, you know, my my interactions with him, I think he might be an, a good interview with that. Uh, let's see. Let's move on. We got three fights left to go. It is our feature bout up next. It was welterweight action. The Asian persuasion, Jason King uh, from KMAA, comes in with a record of seven and five, taking on Stone Hands Brian Jackson uh, from the Goon Squad, coming in with Paul Teague and crew. Uh, he came in undefeated as a pro 1-0, but uh, drops this one. Jason King gets the win with a, a TKO due to strikes about halfway through the first round. Uh, they traded shots uh, throughout you know, the, the better portion of that whole time, pretty much. Jason catches him and drops him uh, along the cage uh, to, to kind of one knee, and he's kind of prone, and the referee, uh, Chandler Goins, he was kind of – he didn't really step in. He just kind of stood there and looked at him, and there was this awkward, like, frozen moment in time where – it felt like a like you know two or three seconds where there was just nothing happening, and then Jason just hits him again. <laughs> Chandler kind of steps in and kind of waves it off at that point. It was really a an odd finish there, but uh, there's no doubt that uh, Jason King uh, was your victor uh, as he moves to eight and five. Uh, Justin, yeah, it was that was uh, pretty quick. Uh, you know, kind of kind of like what we expected. Um, Jason, you know. Just the legs and legs are just too long uh, for the boxing, uh, you know, of Jackson on that one. Um, he's always fun to fun to watch fight. I'd like to see him fight. Um, I can't even think of anybody offhand, but but just uh, somebody that that's you know can match him in, in the striking department. Um, that would be be fun to see see him fight somebody you know on his level as far as striking goes. 
Most definitely. Uh, Greg, what was your thoughts on this uh, welterweight contest? Uh, I was actually impressed with uh, the way Brian Jackson came out to fight. He didn't come out there crazy, running wild, looking to, you know, hit that haymaker shot. Like, he came out composed and, you know, calm. He was more collected than I've ever seen him. And uh, it lasted a lot longer in that fight than I, than I expect. And I'm saying, like, he was going to get, like, knocked out. But I thought that, like, if it went to the ground, like, I thought Jason's jiu-jitsu may, may be the uh, – you know, maybe the, the 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 finish of it, but I wasn't sure with the kickboxing or the taekwondo of uh, <clears throat> of Jason King. But uh, uh, I don't know about a spoiler, Tim. But uh, I think that Brian Jackson's already asked me. Well, I think I know he asked me to fight him last uh, last weekend. Oh wow! Well, that's something uh, that's something that we could probably make happen. But I don't know if he got the clearance with being uh, knocked out. But let me go back to that because uh, I want to say that was one of the classiest things. I've seen an MMA in a long time, and I hate that the fact that uh, the end of the night got overshadowed by the class that Jason King brought to the ring when he didn't jump on Brian Jackson and actually try to finish him. He knew he was done when he kicked him. He went down. That was showing a lot of class. Then getting the mic and talking about Noah Nation, how he's how he uh, he goes and he he does a lot of benefit work with this kid uh, Noah who's got cancer. I think he's like five five years old, four or five, and it's like it's it's something else, man. But uh, and uh, and it was just, it kind of hit home to me because I follow the same kid, and uh, I get I have to like you know I don't have to I choose to to follow him and see what's going on. But at the end of the day, you know like. When when things are bad, I see, uh, you know, I get this right here, and I'm talking, I, I bitch about, I, excuse my language, but I grab about some of the stupidest stuff, and I get upset over the little, smallest, piteous things, and then I see him come across, and I see the shit he has to fight every single day, and, like, this is for his life, and for Jason King to step out of his own, like, you know, time, and he's got, like, the money he can make, and he goes and does that kind of stuff, man, shout out to Jason King. Big hearted guy, and uh, I, I'm a follower of Jason because of that. Like, so shout out Jason King, that's cool. Most definitely, most definitely. Another yeah. uh, no, clean sweep on our for our panelists on that one. Everybody went with Jason King. Clean sweep there again brings us to our co-main event. This was, in my opinion, the best fight of the night. This was a really good one, back and forth, lightweight contest. It was Showtime Stephen New from Gamma in Greenville, Tennessee, coming in at six and three taking on the three-and-one Keith Olsen out of Olsen's Martial Arts in Johnson City. Very, very good five back and forth first round. Uh, we saw uh, New, uh, you know, get some takedowns and uh, Olsen work some missions. Both guys landing good strikes. Uh, second round, more of the same. But at this point, Olsen started to slow down noticeably and uh, kind of kept getting his back caught against the cage in those striking exchanges, and New started to pile it on. Uh, Olsen went uh, for some takedown attempts that just didn't have a whole lot behind him, and New was able to take advantage, get the TKO about uh, 30 seconds left in that second round, but a good showing from both guys, a really, really good fight. Uh, back and forth, good scrambles, uh, neither guy's uh, any any shame in that performance. Steven New goes to seven and three and uh, looking to probably start knocking on the door for some uh, some championship opportunities. Keith Olsen goes to three and two and uh, he knows what he needs to work on. And I know that we'll see him back uh, real soon as well. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on this uh, co-main event? That uh, Olsen and New... Yeah, back and forth, man. Because Olsen's always head hunting, looking for that finish. But he's got a he's got a pretty good ground game too. He's no slouch in any department. Now there's new news, pretty put together, man. And I'm glad we have him back and uh, getting to see him more uh, more um, active, you know, in the game and getting to see him come back and get these two wins. And I, you know, I mean, like you, you got to think start thinking about new for title contention. But uh, I mean, if he's uh, if he if he thinks he's ready for that step up, if he wants that fight, I mean, it's kind of open door for him almost right now because you're coming off of two wins that's uh and and you ain't a, you ain't you ain't new to the game you've been around so i don't know man i'm excited to see uh how olsen does uh off of a loss now and see how he how he uh how he rides that train right now where he gets motivation from so uh i'm excited to see both of them yes keith looked good in the beginning man i mean he was he was definitely winning you know the the, the i think he won the first round um you know and he was he was just started to gas in the second round. I mean, uh, in the first round, he was hitting hitting the cleaner shots. Uh, New just, you know, every time he threw, he was kind of getting countered. Um, but then Olsen just 
ultimately started gassing out and didn't really have anything left in the tank and you know knew just started eating him up with shots um i would have liked to have seen that that fight on the ground a little bit more uh just seeing some of the scrambles that we did get were were fun entertaining to watch um but yeah steven news uh, making some headway all three panelists picked new on that one so another clean sweep there all righty, that brings us on now to our main event. It was set for five rounds, and it was in the Bantamweight division for the first ever VFC championship, uh, Cody Durden versus Dre Miley. There was some bad blood coming into this where these guys do not like each other. There was no secret they didn't like each other. And, uh, man, it was, they were, you know, these guys both wanted it. They wanted it bad. Uh, first round, uh, you know, uh, Cody was, uh, he lands a low blow early in the fight. Dre took uh, his time to recover from that. It was, it was a pretty rough one. Um, Cody able to get into the ground uh, once they were uh, able to uh, restart. And uh, he, he went to work, uh, you know, with, with good ground and pound. It was, um, it was uh, a good back and forth round. You know, it was uh, ultimately Cody uh, got the better of it. Dre was able to to get some uh, some offense going, uh, but but it was more Cody uh, in the uh, what now was the illegal uh, knee in question in the first or second round? It was in the first. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, so like towards the end of the first round, um, you know, Cody had held top position for a good part of that, and then with about probably about a minute and a half to a minute to go, Dre was able to reverse and get to the top and land some ground and pound of his own. Some pretty good ground and pound, some pretty heavy uh, shots landing. Uh, Cody is, he's starting to work his way up. Dre throws a, a knee to the head that was illegal uh, because Cody had his knee down, uh, correctly called by referee Chris Bond, but uh, but a very uh, uh, unpopular call at the time as uh, the, the you, know, uh, you know, tensions were high and emotions were as well. Uh, he, Cody uh, suffered a pretty nasty cut from that, took his time to recover, and props to him, opted to come back in and, and fight rather than let the fight be called at that point. Um, and then um, manages to finish. There was only like not much time left, like 10 seconds left in the round at that point. Second round, Cody is able to get the takedown and deliver just a lot of ground and pound uh, to Dre, eventually getting the stoppage at four minutes and 37 seconds of the second round to become the VFC Bantamweight champion. And uh, both sides were uh, were heated afterward. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, uh, Dre uh, thought that he was wronged at the time uh, by that. Uh, there was a point deducted as well for that, by the way, for that, uh, for the knee uh, to the head. But, uh, you know, after watching the video, I think there's no doubt that uh, that the, the strike was clean or not clean, that the call was, was correct in, in calling it a foul and taking the point. Um, so ultimately, I still think there's bad blood. I still don't think they like each other. You know, Dre's calling for a, a rematch. I don't know if that's something Cody is interested in or not. But uh, congratulations to Cody, uh, the new champ, as he moves to 9-2. and two, And one has to think he is going to probably get that uh, call from one of the big boys here pretty soon. Uh, let's go to Justin first. Yeah, so yeah. like you said, that, that knee was definitely illegal. Um, makes it tough, man, for refs. You know, like they got a hard job anyway, and then they make a call and they're getting screamed at. And you know, but the call that they made was correct. You know, and and uh, I don't know, man. I, I think maybe coaches need to chill out a little bit, um, and you know, not not be uh, up screaming at the referees without knowing what's going on. You know, or or knowing exactly what happened, uh, and you know that kind of fed fed into Dre's emotions and, um, you know, made him more angry about it because his coaches were screaming that, that, you know, he was done wrong and it wasn't the case. Um, I think it'd be hard for him to get a rematch. I mean, Cody dominated him in the, in the second round. I mean, there was nothing he could do. Um, Cody had his back and he was, wasn't doing anything, wasn't defending. He was just kind of covering his ears up. Um, so it was a big win for Cody. Um, Tough loss for Dre. I think Dre will be back uh, tougher than ever, but um, I think that one's pretty much squashed. Uh, Greg? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> going into the second round, I'll just, I, you know, I don't want to 
harp on everything that you guys already spoke about because you guys talked about everything I've wanted to. But uh, I want to touch on what Cody did after the fight. Uh, for people who weren't clear of what he was doing, he was, you know, because uh, Cody was, you know, checking on Dre as that was going on. You know, Cody was like in there. I don't know if you guys heard it, but he was yelling at, uh, at uh, you know, the corner of uh, of, of of Dre, you know, Dre's corner, and he was yelling at Chris Bond too, telling like saying, telling like you you guys should have stopped the fight because at the time, you know, Chris Bond, you know, was so shook and like had had everybody everybody had him second-guessing himself on whether it was the right call or not when he knew it was the right call, but it had him, you know, discouraged. Like, he was a little like, wow, I, like, I'm certain I made the right call, you know, but he, <laughs> he also, didn't he didn't want, yeah, but he didn't want to, like, he wanted to give Dre every opportunity he could because he wasn't, like, he was just, like, really, you know, and, you know, I mean, you develop a, you know, I wouldn't say friendship, but a relationship with all these fighters when you, you see them so many, so much, you, you're high by you know, you're friendly with them, and now, like, you know, you're like, man, I really hate that if I really did that to that fighter, and, you know, blah, 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 but he made the right call, and then at the end, I think he might have let it go a little bit too long because Cody was hammering, hammering down on Dre, and Dre wasn't responding, and I think that if uh, if something like that were to be let go a little bit longer, somebody could have got hurt, so I think he needed to jump on that one a little bit sooner, in my opinion. Goes- and then after the fact, go ahead, go ahead, no, no, yeah, go ahead. That kind of goes back to what I was saying about the knee, you know, he had already just been screamed at by you know dre's whole corner saying that he made the, the wrong call so now he's in there timid you know i mean he, he's a new ref i mean you know they're not going to be perfect it doesn't matter who it is they're not going to be perfect and the fact is he he's you know not seasoned he's not got the experience that um you know some of these refs might have and for him to have already you know be questioning himself questioning himself about a call that he made correctly it makes it tough for him to to stop the fight. Then he's okay. You know they already think I I did him dirty one time. Now I'm gonna stop the fight, and they're gonna be that much more pissed at me. I mean, it's not that's not the way you should be thinking as a ref. You should just be making the calls and be uh, confident in the calls that you're making. But you know he's human, and like you say, he's he's not been doing it for ever. He's been refing for like a year. Yeah, this was yeah. one of those unfortunate in- instances where, you know, our other referee, Jimmy Neely, who is, you know, a much more seasoned referee, uh, he had a, a dental emergency that occurred on his way. So we were kind of in a, in a lurch uh, there at that point where, you know, to get another referee that's already licensed and whatnot in there on, you know, four hours notice is, uh, you know, next to impossible. So you know, I feel like Chris did the best with the hand that he was given. And uh, honestly, I don't have a problem with his calls. Even the stoppage. I mean, I think there's the argument at the end that he let it go too long. But if you go back and you watch it still, there would be like little clusters of punches. And then like Dre would do like would shift or adjust. And then they would there would be gaps and stops in between, uh, you know. So, yeah, they, they were adding up. But then like Dre would do something to like defend and cover up. And at the end of the day, I think he realizes this is a main event, five-round title fight. It's a big fight for both guys. He's trying to give him every opportunity he could uh, late in the round at that. So I really don't have a problem with even even the timing of the stoppage, personally. Well, you know, like, uh, Chris, I, I mean, hats off to Chris, dude. Like, he did nine professional fights that night. And, I mean, nobody usually does that. So, and he did all nine of them. So, like, and I hate for the fact that we, you know, like, you know, Justin touched on being the judges, you know, like, there's no glory, you know, in being a judge or being, being a being a um, official. You you go out there, you do your job. If you do your job, huh? Okay, he did his job. If, if you don't do your job, wow, really, he really fucked up. And yeah. you know, Chris did nine fights and not one. I don't think we had one complaint all night. And then all of a sudden, boom! It just seems like every main event we have now, there's so much emotion involved, and so there's just it's just so heated. Like every like these last two we've had and. Uh, I don't see it going. I don't see it going south from here. Like, I, it's just going to get better. And then we got 2020 to get get, get after this December card with 18, 19 thoughts on it. Uh, I don't know who my um, biggest uh, biggest winner of the night was, and I, I don't know if we're, if we changed the name to biggest loser uh, for biggest loser. But I guess biggest winner of the night, in my opinion, would have to be. Um, let's go. Let's go with Cody Durden taking the belt and uh, improving his record to to nine and three. Uh, nine and two. It's, it's gonna be harder. Nine and two. I'm sorry. Nine and two. It's gonna be hard for him to be. You know, uh, like I mean, these bigger, big, big, big 
you know, national promotions are going to be, you know, looking for somebody to feed, feed to the, you know, UFC, Bellator, top, you know, contender series. And, uh, biggest loser than that is going to have to, I'm going to have to go with, uh, Charlie Durham. He's going to have to, he's going to have to pick up, uh, pick up where he left off in his last fight. Cause I was more impressed with his first fight, uh, his, his performance in his first fight. But, uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's my biggest winner, biggest loser for the night. Justin. So, well, on that one, just to, just to finish up the, uh, oh, the yeah, picks, yeah. Hobbs and uh, Greg picked Durden. Billy picked Miley. So uh, Hobbs and Greg both finished seven and two on the night. Billy finishes six and three. So uh, wrapping up week two, Greg's in the lead with at nineteen and five. Billy's right behind him at sixteen and eight, and Hobbs right behind that at fourteen and ten. So really, the only thing that happened was Hobbs kind of made up a little ground on second, and Greg extended his lead by one. Yeah, yeah, Hobbs Hob just, just followed Greg all night so that he wouldn't fall back anymore, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, um, a lot of movement there. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest winner for me on that one would be uh, TrueCon for proving all you jackasses wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, biggest loser's got to be Dre. I mean, it was a big fight. Um, you know, his his heart was in it. He, he wanted it real, real bad and, um, you know, didn't make it out of the second round. So uh, it was a tough loss, but... You know, like I said, I think Dre will be back stronger than ever. That will do it for our recap and reactions for Valor 66. Great night of fights. Congratulations to all the uh, all the fighters that put on a, a great show for the fans there at the world famous Cotton Eye Joe. We'll be back for the final show of the year on December the 13th. It'll be an amateur showcase. A lot of fights. A lot of a lot of newcomers. A lot of fresh blood. And it, uh, we, can, we can announce, you know, uh, we announced it at the show. The main event is going to be two uh, very exciting up-and-comers. It's going to be Garrett Sharp from KMAA taking on Brandon McGee from Gamma. Both these guys really bring it, and that's going to be a fight that will really deliver. A lot of uh, fresh faces that we're going to get to uh, talk about in the coming weeks in the lead-up to that. Uh, maybe, uh, guys, I guess here, you know, we're, we're starting to wind down towards the end of the year. Not so, not as many, uh, uh previews to do for us here locally. So maybe we'll start working on some uh, end of the year awards, you guys, maybe we'll start, uh, next week. Let's, let's come up with maybe some awards we'll do for, uh, you know, like a fight of the year and knockout of the year, do some, do some things like that. It'll give us some, uh, some content building up towards, uh, towards the end of the year. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sounds good. Very good. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for another edition of the Valor Hour. Be sure to uh, to like and share us on all of your social media platforms. Uh, you can uh, you can find us on any of the places that you uh, listen to your podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, all that good stuff. Stitcher. Make sure that uh, you know uh, like, share, subscribe. It helps us and uh, keeps to uh, to grow this thing. Uh, Till next week, and uh, for my co-hosts Justin Watson and Greg Hopkins, I'm Tim Loy signing out. Valor Hour. See ya. This is a Sitting Ringside with David Penzer Quick Fix on Radio Influence. This week on Sitting Ringside, presented by ExpressVPN. On the weekend of StarCast and AEW Full Gear, we sit down with StarCast founder and podcast host extraordinaire Con Rad Thompson. How is he enjoying the Arn Anderson podcast? How much fun is a weary travel JR? If you don't know what I'm talking about, be sure to listen. Also, the lessons he's learned since the first StarCast behind the scenes of the story with The Undertaker and why WWE pulled him off of the Las Vegas StarCast and so much more. Great conversation. Is always great talking with Conrad Thompson, and this will be no different. Make sure you subscribe to City Ringside and be sure you rate and review. Sitting Ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.